The following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, and I have the privilege today of opening a brand new series, are you ready, on relationships. Yeah, you're welcome. All the ladies, when you hear that, you're like, finally, a relationship series. And all the guys are like, I was just starting to like this place. <laughs> it's going to be, listen, and today I am really just going to, to set the stage for what's to come. It's going to be very practical teaching on, on relationships. Next week, we're going to dive heavy into the Word of God and exactly what it looks like as far as relationships go. But let me stereotype for just a moment, if you will. Men think of relationships the way that most of you ladies, not all of you, but most of you, Think about a car, right? You don't want to work on it. You just want it to work. You get in your car. You want to push the button, turn the key, and you want that baby to go down the road. You don't want to have to open up the hood and be like, oh, there's a problem here with the BR549er, and I'm going to fix it here. No, no, no. That's the, you just want it to work, don't you? Of course. And so, ladies, when you say, hey, honey, let's talk about our relationship. Oh, I'm so glad that there's a series at church on relationships. Here's what we think. Oh, great, there's something wrong with me, and you know how to fix it. That, that's kind of what goes through. I'm just, all the guys are like, shut up, please. Stop giving away what we're thinking. But I'm just being honest with you. This is, this is what it is. Ladies, when you say, let's talk about our relationship, really, it reminds me of a story that happened in our house uh, several weeks ago, Cassidy and I were watching a movie or a show. The kids were asleep, which this is a miracle that we have time to ourselves, right? If you have young kids, you know that it's just uh, a supernatural thing from heaven that you have time on your own. And so we were watching a movie, and the scene was something like this, okay? There was a, a guy that was going to throw out the first pitch in a Major League Baseball game, and, and he was warming up. He was getting loose because it's a, a pretty far distance, so you can't just get up there and just try to wing it because then you're going to look stupid. They're going to make fun of you, you know. You know how movies are. This is how it goes. And so this is what's happening. He's just casually throwing the ball, right? And I lose it. Literally, I'm LOLing right there on the couch. And, you know, your wives don't do this. But I got the look. This was the look. Didn't didn't come out of her mouth. But it was the look that said, you're an idiot. Why are you laughing right now? This is not funny. I'm the only one. Okay. And I couldn't help it. it and it, to her, it wasn't funny. But to me, it was hilarious because it, the guy, this is what he was doing. Are you ready? You still might not think this is funny, but I'll explain momentarily. He's get, he comes like a pitcher. Like this, like, yeah. Shakes it off. Okay, here we go. <laughs> and to somebody that doesn't know anything about baseball, that's not funny to you. But to somebody who's right in the thick of baseball, like, I help coach my son's team. And that's not how you throw a baseball. In fact, it's the opposite of how you throw a baseball. It's terrible. And and for Hollywood to spend so much money on movies to try to make everything just perfect in real life, like, it it floored me. I was literally laughing, almost falling out of my chair. And Cassidy looks at me with that look. It's like... What? This is not a funny moment in the movie. I don't understand you. Like, you're crazy. Do we really need to fix his throwing motion right now in the middle of this movie? I'm like, well, maybe. (laughs) And then it hit me. It hit me that this is how many of us look at relationships, isn't it? 
Most of the fellas feel this way about relationships. If they're not broken down on the side of the road, is this something that we really need to talk about? Is this something that we really need to fix right now? And the answer is yes. We absolutely do need to talk about relationships. We need to talk about how you and your boyfriend, how you and your fiance, how you and your spouse are getting along in the way that it all works in a godly manner. And so for the rest of February, we're going to do our best to talk about relationships. Relationships as it relates to to singles moving into a a dating relationship and maybe moving from that dating relationship to an engaged relationship. Maybe you're newlyweds or maybe you've been married for any length of time. We're going to cover all of this over the next several weeks and today I am going to simply set the stage or set the table for what's going to come. But when it comes to relationships, let's be honest, we all have this invisible box of hopes, dreams, and desires. When we think about certain things in our lives and, uh, and about our future, we have hopes, dreams, and desires as it pertains to certain things. Oh, let's look, let's see. As it pertains to, um, let's see. Oh yeah, the kind of house that we're going to live in. We have these moments where we say, you know what, yeah, I'm going to live in an apartment. I'm going to live in a house. We're going to live out in the country. We're going to live here. We're, we're going to live in a condo. And somebody else is saying, I don't want to live in a condo. I want, to live, I want a white picket fence. I want the beautiful little house. So we have these, these dreams and these desires as it pertains to that. We have dreams and goals and desires as it pertains to chores. Because we think we get married and somehow all of the household chores are going to find themselves completed. Right? Like, oh yeah, I'm going I'm to fall in love. I'm going to find him or her. And I'm never going to have to wash a dish again. It's amazing how this works. Never going to have to mow the yard again. I'm never, I'm never pulling weeds again. We have hopes, dreams, and desires as it comes to Chores around the house. We have hopes, dreams, and desires as it comes to children. Oh, sweet. Oh, oh, God, just kidding. Bad joke. As it comes to babies, you say, well, I I was the only child, but I don't want just one child because I know what it feels like to only have one baby. No, 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 We we need two kids. Well... Let's see there. We need two kids. Yeah, that's better. And then somebody, well, well, why don't we just have a, just a whole team? Let's have three and four and five. Let's just get crazy. Let's drive ourselves insane with these precious little gifts from heaven. Right? Ah, yeah, here's a fun one. We have hopes, dreams, and desires as it comes to the car that we're going to drive. Don't get your hopes up. This is a Lamborghini. Nice try, okay? So... Some of you are thinking, well, I'm going to drive the sports car for the rest of my life. To which she's saying, I'm trying to talk him into something a little more practical, perhaps a minivan. (laughs) To which you say, nice try, I'm never driving a minivan. To which I say, nice try, I said the same thing and now I'm the proud owner of a minivan. Good luck, fellas. Yeah. True story. What about our time? What about... Our scheduling, our free time. Oh, I'm going to spend, listen, we're going to get married, it's cool, but I'm going to still spend every weekend with the boys. That's how I roll. You know, that's not changing. But honey, we're married. 
No, I'm spending every bit of my free time with you. The boys are gone. Like, I don't ever want you to see your friends again, in fact. You have hopes, dreams, and desires as it comes to some of that stuff. What about, oh, this is a fun one. This is a real fun one. Oh, yes. The calendar. Some of you are like, how are you tying this in? Well, well, some of you ladies were so generous, and we, we thank you right off the bat, because when it comes to holidays, this could be a big point of contention for a lot of relationships. Many of the wives are saying, you know what, honey? I only want three holidays, okay? I'm going to take Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, and you can have Halloween, Earth Day, and Groundhog Day, okay? That's perfect. <laughs> Spend your time with your family doing that. That would be amazing. Thank you. Generosity at its finest. I love you so much. So, so much. What about, what about, oh yeah, here's a good one. What about money? This is not real. Don't jump me after church. Oh, I'm going to, we're, we're going to stay at home. Listen, I, you're going to be a stay-at-home mom. I'm going to be a stay-at-home dad. We're going to have a budget. Wait, I don't like budgets because I had a budget when I was a kid, and that feels like you're giving me an allowance. I don't, we're not going to do that, but when it comes to money, we all have these hopes, dreams, and desires of how all of that's going to play out. What about, we're going to get real honest here, okay? All the fellows in the room especially have hopes, dreams, and desires about what his wife will or will not wear to bed. You're welcome, fellas. To which she says, well, he just wants me to be comfortable. He loves me. He doesn't care about stuff like that. Which is a beautiful segue into another area that we have hopes, dreams, and desires for, conflict resolution. (laughs) How we deal and handle with conflict, because every relationship has conflict. Doesn't matter how good or how bad the relationship is, there will be conflict. One says, listen, we're going to talk it out. We're going to be brutally honest. We're going to lay everything out on the table, and that's how we deal with stuff. That's how we did it in my family, and it works. We're fine. To which the other person says, no, no, no. What you say needs to be true, but you don't have to say everything you think. That's not the way that you handle conflict. One person says, well, we raise our voice. That's how it worked in my family. We screamed and yelled, and it got hot and heavy, and it was, but at the end of it, we were good to go. To which, some of y'all are laughing. Y'all know this is true. To, To which somebody else might, no, we don't raise our voice. That's insensitive to my feelings. We, we don't raise our voice at all. And there's another one that I don't have anything to illustrate it with, but, but it's the way that you're going to treat each other or the way that you're going to be treated when you find that person, the perfect person that you're going to fall in love with and, and live with for the rest of your life. I'm going to behave like this when he or she does this. They're going to act this way towards me. Even when things are tough, they're not going to treat me like this. They'll never threaten divorce. They'll never threaten blank whenever we fight, whenever we go through difficult times. We have hopes, dreams, and desires, even if they haven't been defined. If he loves me, if she loves me, he or she would never. And it's complex, isn't it? It's difficult, it's emotional, everything that we carry around in our hopes, dreams, and desires box. And isn't it true, if you will will be honest with yourself for a moment, 
that most of our hopes, dreams, and desires are a response to what we grew up in or what we grew up around. Right, The stuff that we carry around, the things that we know to be true and the way that we see, it's because we grew up around it or we grew up in it. We're either trying to avoid something or recreate something. We're trying to avoid something that says, oh, no, no, I'm never going to be like my mom. No, no, no. I'm never going to be like my dad. We're not going to have that kind of relationship. That was terrible. It's just not going to happen. We're either putting things in our box that help us avoid something or repeat something. Or recreate something in our relationships. But think about this. Even in those instances, right? Even in the best of situations where you're trying to recreate and to repeat something that you've seen that works so well. What's right in the middle of that? Me. My hopes. My dreams. This is what I've seen. This is how I want to do it. Right in the middle of all of that is my hopes, my dreams, and my desires. And at some point... We can't really help it, can we? And it's really hard to find where, where it really happens and to put your thumb on it. But in some, at some point in the relationship, what often happens is that you get to that point and you take your hopes, dreams, and desires and you hand it to them and you say, hey, now it's your job to make these come true. This is the reason we started dating, so that you could make my hopes, dreams, and desires come true. This is the reason I went out with you. This is the reason I said yes, because I had all these hopes, dreams, and desires, and now it's your job to make them happen for me, right? This is, this is what we do, but here's the challenge. Listen closely this morning. Here's the challenge, and the tension, it, it comes when, when you hand somebody your hopes, dreams, and desires. You see, they're your hopes, dreams, and desires, but to them, becomes Expectations. You see, it's your hopes, dreams, and desires, but to them, it feels like a weight. It feels like a burden. It feels like the bar has been raised. It feels like a homework assignment. It feels like a responsibility. It feels like if they don't come through for you, then you just might be disappointed with them. What are expectations? Let's talk about them for just a moment today. Expectations are simply this. A strong belief that something will happen. Now, it might not happen in the first month or the first year, but it's a strong belief that something will happen. We'll get there one day, won't we? We're, we're, we're going to get there. The strong belief that something will happen or it will be the case in the future. He will stop doing that when we get married, won't he? Like, we will, you know, we'll be more intimate, right? Once we get married, we'll, we'll still be going out on dates when we get married, won't we? Like, that's what it's supposed to look like. We're going to have that, that house, and we're going we're gonna to do all of this stuff. We're going to travel, won't we? Like, this is, this is what expectations become. And here's what I want you to understand this morning. Listen, is that attempting to recreate or avoid something from the past transforms hopes, dreams, and desires into expectations. And so even, even in the best of relationships, even in the most ideal relationships, even when the best fall down sometime, even when the wrong words seem to rhyme, out of the doubt that fills my mind, you and I collide. as much as I'm going to sing today. <laughs> and here's the thing. 
When you and I collide, listen, it's not really you and I. It's when eyes collide. It's when two individual personalities combine that brings hopes, dreams, and desires into a relationship. But when we collide, here's what we do. We swap boxes. I give you mine, you give me yours. And all of a sudden, what was supposed to be unbelievable and dreamy and hopeful has now become a burden to that other person. It's become something heavy. It's become an expectation. And you've handed them your burden. And they've handed you your burden. And so when eyes collide, just as human beings, we're, we're tempted to do several things. And I want to highlight a few of them this morning. And I, I think it's going to help you in your relationships. Maybe you find yourself in some of these areas. But, but one of the things when eyes collide that, that some of us choose to do, and perhaps this is the most extreme, but we leave, Right? That's not what I had in mind. This is not what I signed up for. You weren't honest. You didn't tell me the truth. You switched gears. You changed lanes. You changed the rules. I can't can't meet all of these expectations that you have for me. I'll never live up to that. In fact, I don't think I can live. I can't live with this pressure. I know I can. And so since I can't, I'm out. I leave. And you know what happens when you leave? You cart your hopes, dreams, and desires off to the next relationship. Because you will carry with you hopes, dreams, and desires into a relationship. So sometimes we, we choose to leave. The second thing that happens a lot is some of us choose to win. Because a lot of times there's a more dominant personality in a relationship. And they, they power up and they, they choose to win in that moment. And at the end of the day, let's be honest, the winner is happy. Smile on their face. Yeah, things are right. This is great. Why? Because they've convinced the other person. That their box is the correct box of hopes, dreams, and desires. And now we've got two people living out of my box of hopes, dreams, and desires. And they eventually conform to the image of your box, which is, of course, the right box of hopes, dreams, and desires. A third thing that we're tempted to do when eyes collide is that we conform. You become somebody that you're not in an attempt to become somebody that you think they will love and respect and care for. This is what we do. We conform. We abandon who we are to embrace what makes the other person happy regardless of whether or not it works for us. And conforming works for a while and it works for the person who wins. Let's, right? Yeah. Of course, because they get their way. You're living out of their box. But it also works for the person who conforms. Why? Because the temperature in the relationship drops, right? It comes down, we're not screaming, we're not, we're not fighting, we're not at each other's necks, right? We're, it's, oh, you know, as long as, as long as he's happy, I guess I can just deal with it. As long as, as, long as she's happy, well, I guess that, that I can just deal with it. But here's the case, listen, at the end of the day, when you try to become somebody that you're not to please someone else, you will lose trust and respect for your partner and they will lose respect for you. It happens every single time. The fourth thing that we're tempted to do in a a very common response when eyes collide is this, is that we compromise. And this is going to be iffy, trust me, I know, because you hear all the time that we're supposed to compromise, and we are on certain things, but I'm talking about major values here, stay with me. And and the compromise marriage, right, I'm going to do my part, you're going to do your part, I'm going to keep an eye on you. 
And you're probably keeping an eye on me. I get that to make sure that we're doing what we said we were going to do. In a compromised relationship, there's scorekeeping. Everyone's keeping track of, uh, oh, ch- ch- check, X, nope, you messed up there. It's a bit contractual, if you will. And in this kind of relationship, there's, there's very low trust. And in fact, you'll see, you'll notice if you've seen it or if you've been in a relationship like this, that the trust will continue to dwindle and dwindle and dwindle. And hear me, where there's low trust, there's low intimacy. Because you can't fully give yourself to someone that you don't fully trust. Let me say that again. You can't fully give yourself to someone that you don't fully trust. And so when eyes collide, sometimes we choose to leave. Sometimes we we try to win. Sometimes we conform. Sometimes we compromise. But the truth of the matter is this, that when eyes collide, we always lose this. When eyes collide, when, when two people collide, we, the relationship, will always Lose. And here's the truth about expectations. In any relationship, expectations create a debt-to-debtor relationship. In other words, when, whenever I put all of my hopes, dreams, and desires on you and expect you to do something with them, in that moment, you know what I'm telling you? I'm living under the assumption that you owe me. Yeah, 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 you, you, owe, you owe me. These are now your hopes, dreams, and desires, right? You gotta come through for me. You owe me attention. You, you owe me to fully resolve the conflict. You owe it to, to me to make sure that I enjoy how we do the calendar and how we handle money and everything else. You owe me affection. You owe me to pay the bills. You owe me to stay in shape. You owe me to play with the kids. You owe me to have kids. You owe me to clean my clothes. You owe me to mow the yard. You owe me clean socks. You owe me, and I owe you. And even though both of us are in debt to each other, listen, this is not the way that God set out for relationships to exist. This was not how he designed it when he put man and woman on the earth together. Listen, it boils down to this. You and I should be doing all of that anyways. We should be doing all of that stuff for that person anyways. That's not the hard part, but the question is this, and I think you know the answer to it. How much gratitude, think about this, how much gratitude do you express to the people who pay you what they owe you? How much gratitude do you express to the people that do just what they're supposed to do, who give you what they're supposed to give you, who provide the service that you've agreed upon? How much much gratitude do you give people like that? And I got your answer, it's pretty simple. The answer is minimal. We rarely express gratitude for what we've come to expect. You rarely express gratitude to him or her for for what you've come to expect out of them. It's just the way that it works. And here's the tricky part, especially if you've been married for any length of time, right? There's routines that you fall into in relationships, and and all routines are not bad. That's not what I'm trying to say. In fact, you have to have these, and they're not not predefined. They just happen in a relationship. Somebody takes care of this. Somebody generally takes care of this. They're not bad. But when it comes down to me expecting Cassidy to do what Cassidy has always done, the gratitude is going to be minimal. And you know what it communicates? I've expected you to do that all along. 
This is, listen, I've expected you to take care of all of this stuff. When, when your gratitude becomes minimal, that's what you're communicating. I'm not going to thank you when you do it, but I'm going to call you out when you don't do it. Hey, girl, where are my clean clothes? Uh, excuse me, the yard hadn't been mowed in two weeks. Honey, I've been working double shifts. Yeah, it's midnight. Guess what? The lawnmower still works. Get on out there. Right? I'm not going to thank you when you do it, but I'm going to call you out when you don't do it. Here's what gratitude is, and it's something that you can start today and implement into your relationships. Here's what it is. Gratitude says this. Wow. I did not expect that. Oh, what? You did that? Yeah, honey, I did that. What, what do you mean? I fixed your lunch every morning and hand it to you as you walk out the door every single... But, boy, you, you made my lunch again today? Like, when I pick my lunch up today, I want you to know how grateful I am for the fact that you took time to make my lunch when I'm very capable to make my own lunch, but you took time out of your day to do it, and I'm just as happy today and thankful today as I was the first time that you did it. Hey, when's the last time you told your your spouse thank you for the little things that you've come to expect, right? When's the last time that, that you expressed gratitude for the little things? Gratitude says, I don't expect it, but I'm grateful for it. And I'm telling you, this is how you supercharge and fuel healthy relationships. Because gratitude, watch this, gratitude is an indication that I haven't filled up a box full of expectations. Gratitude says, man, I can't believe you would do it, but honey, I've done it for three years straight. I know. That's what's so amazing about you. You never, oh, I can't believe you love me that much. I hate making sandwiches and you make them for me. You're amazing. You're the best sandwich maker I've ever met in my life. You should work at Subway. No, no, I didn't mean that. So the question becomes then, right, what do we do with our hopes, dreams, and desires? If we all have them, what do we do? And the short answer is very, is very easy. The short answer, well, what? I mean, you know, what do we pretend? Yeah, we're never going to fight. Listen, I don't care about fighting. No, nah, it's never going to happen in our relationship. I don't care how we deal with conflict. I don't really have an opinion. Ah, oh, the calendar. Uh, who cares about that? Yeah, I don't really care about the calendar. I don't, Thanksgiving, I, I love her family. Okay. Uh, this, yeah, oh, yeah, I don't really care what she wears to bed either, you know. Oof. I do love her. Oh, money. Oh, who needs money? We're, we'll survive. We'll make it. Love will conquer. We'll love will buy us everything we need. I don't really care about the sports car. doesn't really matter. I, you know, it was just handed down in the family. It was a keepsake. But she wants me to get rid of it, so we will. Um, time. Oh, yes, I hate my friends now. I don't even like them anymore because we got married. They're losers. Oh, kids, yes. Oh, kids. I don't want kids. No. You want 12 kids? Let's have 12 kids. Whatever you want. Sure, babe. Yeah, well, I love you. What do we pretend that we don't care about where we live or what we want to do? Yeah, what, man, sure. Chores, just sign me up for them. I'll mow the yard at midnight. I'll, I'll edge. I'll do the dishes. I'll do everything that I need. Just sure. Yeah, okay. I don't care. I don't care how it gets done. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Do we just pretend? Do we lie? Do we deny? Do we ignore them? No. Absolutely not. And the truth of the matter is this, that most of us have spent years filling up a box full of hopes, dreams, and desires, and most of them are good. They're not bad. 
So how do we do this? How, how do we keep from transferring these hopes, dreams, and desires into the people's lives that we love the most? Such an easy answer. We keep them in this box. We, we keep them in our box of hopes, dreams, and desires. So how do you do that? Because that sounds great, but I'm still not sure I know how to do that. I'm going to give you a very easy answer. You ask yourself this question, are you ready? What do they owe you? What does he or she owe me? And happy couples know the answer to this question is this, nothing. Happy couples know that the answer to the question of what they owe me is nothing. They don't owe you anything. Happy couples know that they owe each other everything but expect nothing in return. Uh, Let me say that again. Happy couples know that they owe each other everything, but they're not owed anything in return. And it doesn't make sense, does it, that some of the happiest couples that you know There's something about them that doesn't add up. You can't put your finger on it. You don't really know what it is because they'll go through happy times. They'll go through the worst of times and they're still happy. And it's not that they're fabulous. It's not that they're unbelievable, just extraordinary people. No, no, no. Some of them have kids. Some of them can't have kids. But guess what? They're still happy and it blows your mind. And I'm giving you a little, just a look into the mystery of what happy couples know. And it's this, that they live every single day under the assumption That they owe each other everything and they don't expect anything in return. David, if you'll help me for a second, please. And so as we wrap up our time together today, we're about to dedicate some children. So if that's you, if you've got some children that you want to dedicate and get prepared, if you need to go get them from the child care area, this would be your cue to go do that. But as we wrap this up, listen, I want to leave you with two questions. And some of you are like, good, we can finally talk about it in the car. I said, two good questions. No, 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 listen. These are you questions. These are you questions, something that I want you to think about, and I want you to answer the questions. You don't have to answer them today, but something that you need to start figuring out the answer to. It has nothing to do with your partner, has nothing to do with your spouse, nothing, uh-uh, you. First question is this. What's in your box? What are your hopes, dreams, and desires? What is it that you've formed over the years of your lifetime about all of this stuff? What what are your hopes, dreams, and desires? Because I believe chances are the reason that you apply pressure to the person that you love the most so, so oftentimes is because you don't really know what's in your hopes, dreams, and desires box. And so it's not clear to them, and so they're trying to figure out how high to jump and how low to duck because you don't know what's in your box to begin with. If you're single and not in a relationship, listen, think about this question because you one day will carry hopes, dreams, and desires into a relationship, so it's important for you to ponder as well. Second question is this. Are you expecting someone else, someone that you love, to carry it around for you? Have you unintentionally or maybe intentionally passed your hopes, dreams, and desires to someone else and now they're living with the extra weight and the extra pressure of something that they weren't designed to carry 
Have you inadvertently, just because of the nature and the speed of life, or maybe because you didn't know any better, is there someone who you love who's carrying around the weight and the burden of your hopes, dreams, and desires? What's in your box? And have you handed it off to someone else to carry? Would you stand with me all across the house? Here's how we're going to end our time together today, okay? I'm going to pray over you. But if you've got a child to dedicate while I'm praying, if you would bring your child down to the front, and our team's going to come down, and we're going to pray for them in just a moment after we pray for couples. But this would be your cue, moms and dads, to bring your children down to the front. But listen, we believe in relationships. If the enemy can get a foothold in your house and a wedge in your relationship, listen, it will make ripples and waves throughout all walks of your life into the way that you work, the people that you work with. Your kids will start seeing things different. But but if you can close that door and not give the enemy a foothold, if you will start applying some of the principles that we're talking about today, if you will start expressing gratitude instead of expectation to the person that you love the most, you're going to start to see improvement in your relationship. So here's what I want us to do. I don't know where you are in your relationship. You may have been married for 50 years. If that's you, I want you to pull that sweet dear mama right into you close. I want you to plant a kiss on her cheek. You don't have to do it now. We're going to close our eyes in a minute. (laughs) And maybe this is your first time to church and this is you're here with somebody that you don't really know you just started dating listen you don't have to do this but if it's comfortable why don't you pull them in close and let me pray over you today is that okay Lord we love you God I'm so grateful for the opportunity today to speak about relationships God, I pray that you would bless every couple in this room, no matter where they are on their relationship. You would strengthen them, that you would encourage them, that you would bless them, that they would understand that, sure, they bring hopes, dreams, and desires to every relationship, but it's not the person that they're with. It's not their job to make our hopes, dreams, and desires come true. Let us look and see what's in our box figure out, listen, or or have we passed our box off to someone else? Bless, strengthen, and encourage. It's in Jesus' name I pray, and everybody said amen. Amen, amen, amen.